right, welcome everybody to another episode of our Puget Systems live Q&A show. Um, we're joined by recently now senior video workflow architect Ian San Severa, um, formerly of 1UP Studios, Team Liquid. Um, I don't recall your exact title, but worked for them. Yeah, yeah, I was I was uh, I was director of post production for sure. Team Liquid for almost right seven on. years. Right on. So normally I would have said, in case anybody doesn't already know who you are, give yourself a little intro of who you are and what you do. But I feel like maybe we covered that a little bit. Would you like to expand on on that? Sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, previously director of post production for Team Liquid, I've been editing videos since I was like. 11 years old, 12 years old, knew I wanted to do this from a very, very early age. YouTube had just come around and I was like, digital video is the future. I'm going to pursue this for the rest of my life. I was very fortunate to have had that epiphany very early on. And so I've been following it ever since. Uh, just left Team Liquid to join Runway ML, which is a company that's doing AI and machine learning video editing tools and building a video editing platform entirely based on the web and the technology that they have you know, been working on for years is is very, very impressive. And so I saw, you know, we both saw a need for somebody like me to come in and, and kind of help steer the ship and help the designers and, and the engineers like make it work more like a video editing platform and not just kind of a collection of tools that you can use to impress somebody. So yeah, yeah new, new chapter, new step, still in video editing worlds. Um, I also have a YouTube channel called Learn How to Edit Stuff. So if you have ever been frustrated on, uh, why your sequence isn't exporting properly. You may have seen my face in a thumbnail on YouTube uh, telling you how to fix it. So yeah. lots yeah. of, yeah, uh, to say that I'm obsessed with editing is an understatement. And that's why we're here. You know, that's cool. Actually, <laughs> that, um, I like how you said that I'm obsessed with editing. What What is it about editing that is so rad? You know, I it's so funny. So when my friends and I were making YouTube videos back in high school, um, I I helped shoot it, I helped act in it, and I also helped edit it. And the editing part was like the thing for me that was, I could never see the bottom of the pool, you know? It's just okay. so deep and you can do so many cool things. And now with the advancement of technology, it's like, oh, if I wanna casually dabble in like 3D animation, cool, like download Blender, it's free, right? Like right. You, were, you and I were just talking before this got started, the barrier to entry is so low and there's so many things to explore. And so I think I held on to that. Um, from a very early age. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I always really liked it. And I had a professor in college tell me that, uh, you know, the director is going to try to convince you that they're the director, but the editor is the real director. And I was like, huh, interesting. So I yeah. kind of like the veil of control, right. Of like being able to, uh, you know, be the one that's crafting the story and telling the narrative and all that stuff. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things I liked about it and I still do, which is, Fantastic. Most people get burned out by this point. I think you have to really like yeah. it. So I feel like that's, that's true for, for all, like pretty, pretty much anything. Like if you don't, if you're not in it a hundred percent, like with your soul, then yeah. you're just gonna get bored and quit. Yeah. Or, I don't know. know the demographic of people that, that watch this program, but if you're young enough and you know something that you're passionate about, uh, don't listen to what people are telling you to go be a doctor or a lawyer. If you don't want to do it, like if you want to be a travel photographer, pursue it. Because if that's the thing that makes you happy, then that's going to that's gonna be the thing that continues to make you happy for the rest of your life. And that's super, super important uh, when you're spending, you know, 40 plus hours a week doing something. <laughs> you, have yeah. to, you have to really like it. Yeah, man. The, it just makes me reminisce from when I was a kid. Uh, 
it was right when esports was really starting to take off. Fatality was like the guy, right? <laughs> like a million. Well, it was like the first one to win a million dollars at like a Unreal Tournament 2004 sort yeah. of thing. And I was like, oh man, that's that's legit. Like this guy made real money playing video games. Like that's so cool. And I w- I really wish I had doubled down on it more. Uh, it's but, you know like being in the esports world. The the delta of success in esports is so small because you have a you have a, a lifespan of your hand eye coordination like mm-hmm. it's all these little things that you don't think about right hand eye coordination um, and then the game developers to keep their game interesting well with most games modern games at least um, they change the game they change the rules every mm-hmm. couple of weeks and that's crazy like imagine if basketball changed the rules every two weeks like it would be a completely different game. And so in esports and competitive gaming, you know, they add a new map to the rotation, new character, they buff some abilities, they nerf some abilities. It's, it's crazy. But then you have guys like that have been playing super smash brothers melee for years right? and they're still killing it, you know, and it's like still <laughs> insane. So yeah, there's, there's definitely both sides of it. And um, yeah, back then probably uh, it is not as encouraged to play video games all day as it potentially is now. Right. Cause you see yeah. these people that are making seven figures a year playing video games and people's parents are like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like my kid's pretty good at Fortnite. Like where can this go? Right. You never know. We, we live in a crazy world, man. It's, we live in a crazy world. I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated at where we've come from yeah. the early days of the internet. And things. The bell curve is like a brick. It just goes straight up. Oh yeah. It's, it's like, the, I remember like we were just talking about this too, you know? Oh, the internet is a thing. Dial-up, AOL, like Napster, LimeWire. Okay, yeah. cool. And now it's like I can control satellites from my Apple Watch. Like I don't oh, even yeah. know what's going on anymore, dude. I don't know. It's amazing. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it's something that I love so much. Just the advancement of technology and and where we've come from from way back in the day. Um, yeah. wow. it's just super cool. Yeah. Um, right. so, so on the on the topic of esports, I'm going to touch on this one. Um, versus so you were director of post-production but this still has your a lot of um fingers into the whole flow of video production for uh team liquid what what are some of the differences in in storytelling from one piece of content to another within that that framework but then also compared to say uh like a vlog or tech reviews or or even just like film like hollywood filmmaking yeah um not all storytelling is created equal not all video is the same all projects are different right and so you have to start by looking at what the context of the project is specifically within esports you can pretty much divide it into two camps camp number one is like fps shooters right your Mm -hmm. call of duties your valorants your csgo and that attracts a very different audience that consumes a very different style of content than your audience that consumes League of Legends, Hearthstone, Starcraft. Very different, right? Like okay, it's, sure. So, so I think with any filmmaking, regardless if it's esports or not, you have to understand your target audience and who you want to consume the content. And then you almost have to like tailor it to be appealing to them. Otherwise, sure. you're not going to get the result that you want. And if you're doing it for yourself, it's going to lead to disappointment. And if you're doing it for a paycheck, it's going to lead to like, career improvements because like the videos aren't performing the way that we need them to so there there is some element of like you know looking into the future a little bit and kind of seeing who's gonna watch these things and almost tailoring the story for that person to 
generate some sort of success. Hmm. There, there are very few instances where somebody just like digs down deep into their soul and makes the thing that they've been having dreams about since they were six years old. And it like ends up changing the world. Like those are very few instances, um, especially when you're dealing with like marketing metrics yeah. and user retention and like all these buzzwords that you're going to hear in the video creating community, you have to take that into consideration because that's what you're being judged on. And a good mm -hmm. story isn't enough anymore. So it's, it really like storytelling depends on, five or six other factors that sure. you have to consider before you dive in on something, at least for me, because yeah. I've done music videos and marketing stuff and commercials and food and food shows and esports shows, both winning and losing. And it's, you kind of have to see the end result before you do anything. And I think that's part of editing. Part of being an editor is you have to be able to see what this thing looks like mm -hmm. and convince the people that are, you know, yes, men, usually like agency yeah. people. Oh yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I, is this color graded? Like you, you have to be able to navigate all that stuff and see the end result. Um, and, and be, you know, strong in your path. Sure. And it's, it takes a, a certain amount of mental fortitude to be able to do that day in and day out. So yeah, it's, it's different for every, every situation, I think. Okay. I'm, I'm curious, like, um, I suppose when you're, when you're dealing with a big, like team liquid's no joke, right? Yeah. Um, is it difficult to get some, or, or rather, is there a disconnect, uh, between, say the, like the boots on the ground in a sense, the guys who are actually making this content versus like the higher ups who say, Oh, we, you know, Oh, I saw this thing on is trending on TikTok, So we have to do that. Is it, is it a difficult tug push and pull there? Um, sometimes that exists. I have to imagine in every industry that sure. is not an esports only thing. That is not a team liquid only thing. Oh, sure. You know, the, yeah the CEO gets a text from his nephew and they're like, check out this TikTok," And he sees it and he's like 8 million views. Oh, we need to be doing more TikTok stuff. Like that happens all the time. Yeah. Um, in esports specifically, uh, you know, you have, you have cases where you either win or you lose. Right. And the mm -hmm. winning stories are more triumphant and they're epic and they have cool montages and it's like a thing. And maybe there's some turmoil and then it ends up, you know, resulting in this big, crazy thing. And then you have the losing stories, which is, you know, you got to bust out your royalty free, sad piano music and you got to do this thing. And then, you know, in esports across the board on all teams, you sneeze wrong during a match and like you're off the team. You know, sure. so there's there's a lot of like new people coming in, like what's that new dynamic like and trying to like tell those stories. And then you also have to be respectful to the athletic side. Yeah. And if they go get these cameras out of my face, man, like I can't have you guys here. You're a distraction now what story do you tell, you know, mm. do you go to the higher ups and say, Hey, we actually can't make a thing because the team is, you know, tilted and they don't want us there. <laughs> or do you just put some text on screen that says after a struggle with blah, 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 the team went into a, you know, closed yeah. session that we weren't allowed into. And everything is taken in stride, you know, yeah. like very rarely, I think, unless you're like building an Ikea furniture piece, very rarely will things follow the way that you think they're going to go sure start to finish you know especially uh -huh. in, in creative stuff where yeah. a, a light burns out on set and now your chroma key is messed up and like what are you going to do like how do i fix this problem what how can i navigate this do we remove it do we leave it in and it's, it just you know you ever see those like you know the little branch web things where you're like oh, you're yeah. born and then it kind of goes off and it's like ah, adolescence is only two and then like young adult and then it's like <laughs> that's what filmmaking is and editing sure. it's just oh, this yeah. crazy tree that's impossible to follow but it will eventually end up getting to a place and that's yeah. you know that's what matters wow <laughs> it's, it's, I've, I've i've done 
I don't know, like 110 episodes doing this. And it, it, it's always super cool to, to, to hear those, those kind of stories and stuff that they're very similar, but also like they're, the challenges seem similar, uh, depend, you know, no matter what, but at the same time, like the solutions and, and the goals are different and it's really cool. I, I, I'm always happy to, to learn these new things behind the scenes and whatnot and get, show that off to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's funny. I have, I have a video on my channel. <clears throat> if, if premiere is crashing, what do you do? Right. Like that's one of my videos. All video editors that are using Adobe software encounter this. It is not a new thing. Um, But what's crazy is that there's like 12 different ways that you can solve the same problem. And like which one is going to work for you today? Yeah. And that's I feel that way about most things when it comes to creative stuff. There's five different solutions to the problem, but like which one is going to afford you the best solution? And also which one isn't going to like back you into a corner? Because there's you can sure. take the easy route and then all of a sudden you get five steps down the road and you're like, oh man, I really wish I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone that direction because now I'm even in a worse spot than I was earlier. So yeah, yeah I think that's just when somebody says, Oh, you're so good at this, you're not actually good. Like you can only go so far with technical proficiency. You know right. what I'm saying? Like if you're gonna teach somebody how to like frost a cake. Like yeah. you can only, you can only learn how to frost a cake so many ways. The success metric comes from like navigating the situations mm-hmm. and knowing the tools to get you out of them. And also it's like future proof your own steps in getting there. That's where the, the big difference is between somebody who's really good at editing and somebody who's like just starting out is just the amount of time and the amount of issues that you've run into and knowing how to like navigate them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's not focused on enough. Um, the problem, <laughs> problem solving side of a lot of work, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, you can go through training and stuff. You can go, you know, there's video editing courses and you can go to school for this sort of thing. But at the end of the day, you're going to run into something that you weren't taught and, or, or don't have the, uh, you know, a habit for, and that's really going to determine how good you are at yep. what you do is how you, handle those situations absolutely there's a there's a phrase uh there's no such thing as bad weather only inappropriate clothes and i feel like that (laughs) if you if you break it down to its foundation that's that saying actually like transcends any situation it's like you you need to be prepared and the only way you're gonna be prepared is by having gone through it before sure so getting stuck in a snowstorm in a t-shirt you're like okay I'm going to bring my jacket. Right. Like, and yeah. it's with, with any, with any career path that you're in, it's, you're going to, you're going to hit those points. Yeah. So uh, other than YouTube, cause I've asked this question before and a lot of it seems to come back to YouTube other yeah. than YouTube, where do you turn to when you have a problem? Reddit. Reddit. Yeah. Reddit yeah. is great. Uh, yeah. Especially for things like creative work. Right. Because you're like, oh, I'm I'm having this one issue. And then like some dude in like northern Vermont is like, I've figured this out already. And he's like, keyboard warrior, ready to answer your question. So, yeah, I go to Reddit a lot. Um, I have a lot of friends. It's it's so funny. I always hate being that person that's like, hey, how do you make a biscuit? And someone's like, just Google it, dude. Like, you know, so I I have friends that are also editors and, and creative professionals that I I try to exhaust other options before I go to them. Um. Cause I, you know, I also get annoyed by that too, which is like, yeah. how do I start a sequence? And you're like, really, you're asking me to explain it to you. That could be easily found somewhere else. Right. So yeah. There's, there's stepping stones to, to solving a problem, at least for me. Right. Oh yeah. For me personally, I try to figure it out on my own. 
And Mm -hmm. I spend probably way too much time trying to do it because if you can actually figure out a solution, you kind of like gain XP as a human being, right? You can now take that information and teach somebody else how to do it. You can post it publicly on the internet so anybody can access that information. You can hoard it and hold on to it yourself and tell nobody. (laughs) It's great. You have so many (laughs) options. But yeah, I try to figure it out myself. And then step number two is uh, going to the internet and trying to find somebody on Reddit, usually who has done it. Uh, Twitter randomly has a lot of like good creative advice. And then my, my nuclear option is, hey, asking you a question because I legitimately have not figured it out yet, hoping that you have an answer. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's at least my process. But everybody's process is different. I'm very similar. I I hate bothering another person with this. <laughs> with, it is my last recourse. I have yeah. to... Because I I mean, I get a little bugged about it sometimes too when, when it's something I think is something simple or yeah. like couldn't have Googled that, you know? Um, Do you think yeah. it's a guy thing? Because like I don't follow directions when I put stuff together. I don't know. My wife loves asking people for directions when we're in public. I hate yeah. it. I'm like, don't go oh. to that person. We're going to find it ourselves. This is yeah. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> Furniture comes, I throw the, the instructions over my shoulder. I'm like, ah, this is easy enough. We're just going to figure it out. Yeah. They, 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 <laughs> there might be something to that. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Ah. Worth exploring. I'm not a psychiatrist, so <laughs> no. you, you um, shouldn't go too deep on it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you've recently, you're recently working for runway ML or, um, or at least that's our website is runway. Is yeah. The- runway ML, uh, the ML stands for machine learning. There's mm-hmm. kind of like two sections of runway ML, uh, the okay. runway side, which is the video editor side. And then ML labs, which is like community, f- not funded, but like community sourced, like crazy codes. I'm like, you can run things and make things look like Picasso pictures and do generative Ooh. image stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. And like the story of how I got to the job is actually kind of interesting. Sure. Um, Usually I'm sitting at my computer and email comes in to my learn how to edit stuff email. Mm -hmm. And it's somebody wanting me to demo their product or somebody wanting to pay me for a collaboration and blah, blah, blah. So I get a lot of those emails, right? And I'll go and look at it. And nine times out of 10, I'm like, this is stupid. And I don't do a video on it because my YouTube channel was never started to make money. It was started to educate the public and to be a better creator. Uh, it's always been a side project, like a hobby of mine, which is why I haven't like really accepted money from like, you know, InShot or whatever, Wondershare. Mm-hmm. They hit me up all the time. How many thousands of dollars? Can-? I'm like, no, I don't want to demo this because it's like, I don't find it useful. So Runway, the, the CEO, Cristobal reached out to me and he was like, hey, love your channel. Uh, we're working on some stuff I think you might think is really cool. And so I went to the website and I was like, oh, interesting. So I, you know, signed up for the free account or whatever, got in there. And at the time, it was just their single click, essentially single click rotoscope tool called Yeah, yeah. The, the, they got a demo on that right on their front page. Yeah, and I just made that demo. The what, the new website is live, so huzzah. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Um, so I go to this thing and I upload a video and I, I single click. I'm like, single click rotoscope. <laughs> Right. And this is coming off the back mm-hmm. of like me working with Adobe on the Roto Brush sure. 2 stuff. And like everyone was so excited. And I was even excited because I thought it worked really well until yeah. I used Runway's platform. And I was like, holy mother of God. Like it really did like single. Cl- and it didn't take me long. It yeah. takes one quarter the amount of time or less uh, to do it through Runway than it did with uh, Roto Brush 2. And uh-huh. if you watch my YouTube channel, I say all the time time is money. Time is money. Oh, yeah. Time is money. I would rather pay money to save time than spend a bunch of time to save money because time is the one resource that none of us can get back. And it's the most valuable thing that we have. So what can you do to cut down the amount of time to whatever the time to money equation that you want to live by, mm-hmm. figure it out. Mine is 
like my time is the most priority and then money is, is kind of down here. So um, it worked really well. I was super impressed. And then I just started using Runway more, not even the green screen stuff, like the editor mm -hmm. and stuff. And so I compiled this like three page list of like improvements that I think would be amazing to see. And I scheduled an interview with the CEO and I was like, Hey man, this is really crazy. You guys are working on insane stuff. Here's a bunch of stuff that I think could be really cool to think about. And he was like, Oh wow, this is, you know, pretty valuable feedback. Went back to his engineering team, I guess, talked about it because like a week or two later, I logged into runway and I'd seen that they had already started implementing some of the stuff that I brought up. And I was like, wow, these guys work really fast. And the technology is, is really, really cool. And then months went by and I, they changed some stuff on the back end of the website and my, my account got messed up or something. So I emailed the CEO and I was like, Hey, my account got all messed up. Is there a way that we can fix this? Cause like, I, I really want to use runway right now. You know, it's like, I'm trying to save time. And he was like, Hey, can we schedule a meeting? And this was like, I think like three days before Christmas. And so he calls me and he's like, Hey man, like, is YouTube your full-time gig? Like, what what are you trying to do? And I was like, no, man, like I'm director of post-production for Team Liquid. Um, I was like kind of being vetted for a creative director position there. So I was like mid-shift. And, you know, for what it's worth, I had kind of already been interviewing at a couple other places at this point. And okay. none of them really jumped out to me as being like an exciting opportunity. And I didn't want to leave Team Liquid for the sake of leaving Team Liquid. I really wanted my next thing to be something unique and something <laughs> special. And so he was like, can we offer you a job? And I was like, well, what would you want me to do? And he was like, I don't know, like work with our engineering team and like, you know, suggest feature improvements and work with our designers and suggest workflow improvements and help us launch our, you know, educational series that we're doing, like teach people how to use the thing because their vision for the company, and, and I happen to identify with this, is three, four, five years down the road. Why isn't a fully functioning editing system that's all web-based not possible? Like, it's crazy. It I had a, like a, a weird epiphany moment yesterday. I uploaded a bunch of footage from my desktop and then I grabbed my laptop and I walked downstairs. I opened it up and like, just kept going with all the, it was like, you know, five, six gigs. It wasn't anything huge, but like five, six gigs worth of footage. And like, I'm just right to where it's on a completely different machine. Right. Yeah. And I have this absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, uh, purring kitten of a computer that you guys built me, uh, which is amazing. And it's my daily driver. 95% of everything I do is on this thing, but having the ability to just grab a laptop and walk downstairs or heaven forbid, something catastrophic happens. I can run to Best Buy, buy a $200 Chromebook and like be doing the same level hey. of things that I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's crazy. So the future is wild. It's going to continue to get even wilder. And I'm excited to be a part of something that is building a platform for creatives to express themselves in a very unique and different way that's never been done before. Yeah. And I think that was the thing that I was looking for as my next step in my career is like, how can I give, you know, a 10 year old who's just discovering video editing that spark to want to follow this pathway. Like I did when I was that young and like, what are the things that I can do there? So uh, runway checked all those boxes for me. And, and now here we are. That's super cool. And this I'm, I'm poking around on here and it is it you can see you can see that they're they've got a great start. And I, I yeah. think I think it was really smart with the like the, the background removal, the rotoscope thing. I think that is a, a good like feature to highlight in the beginning because I feel like that's so tedious. It is I, I haven't done it myself, but oh it my just God, seems, it's the worst. it seems yeah, it's the worst. And, you know, we uh, our our product team interviews a lot of our users just mm. from all walks of life. Video professionals, complete novices all over the map. 
we were talking to this guy the other day who is a, a small business owner, like a barbecue restaurant owner. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I bought a green screen and it's a pain in the ass to set up and all this stuff. And like, I don't have enough space and all this stuff. And like runway was his solution because he just wanted to be able to have green screen functionality without having to like set a thing up behind him and like get lights and like, man, shadows, like, Oh God, green screen, like actual green screen chroma key work is annoying. Right. So having the ability to use machine learning and AI and like train these algorithms to, to extract you from a background, something that is notoriously extremely difficult to do is amazing. And from where I used it initially, when they first reached out to me to where it is now, it works so much better and it's so much faster. And the improvements that we're seeing in performance uh, along the way are getting a lot better. So yeah, man, it's, it's, it's very strange for me to go from an industry that I spent seven years in to now completely switching gears. I'm in a new industry, new company, new, like team liquids, like, I don't know, 300 full-time employees. I was the 18th person in the runway. 18th. Wow. Small team doing crazy things. And so it's just, yeah, it's, it's very, I started on January 18th. So I'm not even a month into the job yet. And it's, it's been very cool and very fun. And I'm learning so much and trying things that I've never tried before. And, talking to these engineers that know how to do like the craziest things of all time. So yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting. No, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think I came across someone demoing. Um, I think it was through runway. Um, I think this may be a feature that isn't officially released yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it was depth mapping from mm-hmm. in, in video. And I think they were showing it uh, for a, from a context of uh, like autofocus sort of thing. You could, he was yeah. dragging this thing around and it was changing the focus of the, of the film. And that's amazing. That's amazing too. And to, yeah. and to see like the, they had a sort of like, it, it was almost like inverted. You could see the depth mm-hmm. map data, I guess it was yeah. like gray and, and dots and stuff. And wow. Like, yeah. It's crazy. That's, that's not something that's just in the video data. No, it's, it's well, I mean, it, it isn't, it isn't. It's okay. when you combine it with like these crazy algorithms that are doing these things, it becomes available. And okay. what I'm finding really interesting in talking with our engineers is like, what's possible using that data, right? Sure. What becomes possible? 3D camera tracking now gets like this crazy improvement because you have like Z access information, which is like n- not really a thing unless you're using like a LIDAR on your camera. Sure. And most people aren't doing that, right? So... It, the the possibilities I think are kind of endless and I think runway specifically is doing really, really amazing work. I've tried other things that like don't work as well. Sure. So yeah, man, I'm excited and yeah. uh, to see, to see where we're going in the future. And we're, we've quietly rolled out a new feature to all of our users as of like yesterday, I think hundred percent of people have access to it, but mm-hmm. the official announcement uh, for it, I think is coming tomorrow, maybe today. Am I spoiling anything? It's in painting. You can go and, well, that's on and literally just like remove, a person from a video and it looks like they were never there in the first place. It's wild. And it yeah. works super, super well. Wow. Oh, I love, I, and I love how it, there's, there's, I mean, there's clear inspiration from Adobe here. That's, that's content aware, Phil. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, but it, it seems that from a, from, because it's like a smaller team and I feel like you guys are coming from a, a little bit of a different angle on it. <laughs> um, it seems a little better. So I forget who said this to me and it stuck with me. Runway is built on a foundation of machine learning and AI. Mm -hmm. Adobe is trying to infuse machine learning and AI into a foundation that is not machine learning and AI. 
So in that sense, you run into these weird oh. cross compatibility issues of like some parts of it work really well and some parts of it don't because mm -hmm. in order for it to work really well, the base layer of it has to be also on that same level. And so with Runway, it's like, you know, you can go and, and dig back through all these research papers that they've done and like a whole bunch of crazy stuff that's just now kind of being turned into these creative tools, all entirely built on the foundation of machine learning and training your own algorithms and on all the things that you talk about, this depth mapping information, this like weird, like pixel sorting, like data moshing, all of that stuff comes from within the cloud. And now like what's possible, what tools can we make, what things can we build off of that that are just going to continue to iterate and continue to work on the foundation that's already there. So uh, and for what it's worth, for the people listening, I don't know anything about any of this. I don't know sure. how to code. You know, I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not an engineer, uh, but I've been editing videos and creating things for a very, very long time. And I think, you know, the CEO told me, he's like, we need somebody like you at this company because we have a bunch of engineers and developers and people that are really good at what they do. But, you know, mm. you're good at what you do in, in your own way. And so now I'm just trying to figure out how I can not sound like an idiot when I come to a meeting and I'm like, oh, yeah, the vector parameters and you know like what i don't know i'm like uh-huh yeah i'm just like a kid in a candy store at this point oh that's really neat so we've, we've touched on a couple of the more obvious sort of applications of ai and, and machine learning as far as um you know rotoscope and and some of the object removal mm -hmm. uh and things like that how how do you think going forward because um, we we kind of mentioned this um, before the stream, and it's come up in other in other contexts as well. Are are people are people being pushed out? Are humans being pushed out of the content creation workflow, or what? Yeah, the uprising of the machines is going to be video editors out of a job. That's what. Yeah. It, it, I feel like some people feel that way because people do feel that way. Yeah, people absolutely feel that way. And here's the thing, right? Like, if you look into carpentry. I don't know anything about carpentry, but if you talk to a carpenter, he'd be like, oh, yeah, there's this nail gun now that does like this crazy thing with the nails. And it's like a magnetic blah, blah, blah. And like you're like you had, you have no idea. Right. But right. that carpenter knows how to use that tool to be effective mm -hmm. at his job. Sure. It's the same thing in video editing. Okay. All those yes men, all those agency people that are like, my nephew said TikTok is the thing. OK, cool. It's like you come to a person, you're like, hey, uh, the background of this video is unusable. What do you got, right? You mm -hmm. as the editor are going to be like, oh, I know how to do like single click rotoscoping and I can make this, you know, very easy. And it's you knowing about the tools in order for you to be successful at the job. That's why it matters. And I think okay. I used the, the airline pilot analogy with you earlier, right. which is when you fly in a plane, the plane is almost entirely on autopilot almost the entire time. Turbulence, apparently, so I've been told, is wind underneath the plane pushing it up and then autopilot correcting the altitude. And that's huh. why you feel turbulence. Oh, but the pilots are there just in case something goes wrong. The pilots are trained to navigate the problems that may happen in a flight, just like video editors are going to be trained to navigate the problems that happen with a video and using these tools that are being built with AI and machine learning and otherwise are going to be the things that are going to allow them to be successful, get from mm -hmm. A to B in the shortest amount of time and have the client be super happy with, you know, what is going on, right? Yeah. And I made a joke internally at Runway about this that I wanted to, to make an ad of just like an editor receiving an email. And it's like, you know, version five, underscore final, underscore seriously, the final version. Yeah. And the client's like, one more quick change, but like, we need to remove this thing in the background of this video. How long is it going to take? And the editor's like, 
oof, uh, that's going to be two days of work on top of my already overtime hours. And they're like, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And then the editor opens up runway, single click, paints it out. It's done in 30 seconds. And then they go to the beach and like enjoy the rest of their time. Right. And it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be up to video professionals and editors That's to funny. understand the capabilities of the tools that they have access to. And in no way are those tools going to like take over their jobs. I think that's a silly way of thinking and it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. That's, I, I love that. I love that ad idea. It reminds me of the, the Star Trek engineer concept. Like, yeah, I know it's going to take me an hour to do that, but I told him it's going to take me six, Yeah, you know, because then yeah. I look like a miracle worker when I get it yep. done faster. Yep, exactly. But. Yeah. Under promise, <laughs> over deliver. That's the key to all of this. I love it. This is a good question from Twitch. I want to I want to touch on this. Uh, Simi86 yeah. asks, are you planning a standalone version? From my point of view, it's a security risk working in a browser. I'm bound by NDAs and simply can't send footage of upcoming products to external sources. And that is a good that is, I think that's great because big companies, Disney or whatever is, is rumored to like carry their film in armored trucks and things like that. And it's, and it's super weird and scary. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think, I think the simplest answer to this whole thing is it's still being worked on, right? We're still generating users. We're still building new tools and we're also building tools for people who aren't video professionals, right? Like sure. video professionals, like me, or I'm assuming this person, uh, are actually like a much smaller percentage of our user base. Um, so it's, okay, it's trying sense. to cater to everyone all the time, which is not a easy problem to solve. Mm -hmm. But I would counter that with, well, are you keeping files on Dropbox? Have you ever sent a Frame.io link? What's the difference, right? That content exists somewhere else that's not your own internal server. How are you sharing these things right now? How are you sure. getting feedback? The, the purpose of the runway stuff is not to be a video review platform. It's to be an entirely web-based editing platform. And so if you are working with another editor who's in another time zone, for example, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm working with somebody in London, I'm working while they're sleeping and they're working right. while I'm sleeping. And imagine just uploading all the footage to one place and being able to have multiple people work on it at different times or at the same time, whatever, like that's the future that I think is, is really cool. So there might be NDA concerns. There might be privacy concerns. Uh, I know that the guys at runway take that very seriously. I'm not the one to talk about it. Right. Cause I'm just here to like teach people and to get people excited about it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a legitimate concern, but I think that it's a concern that could be also put into multiple different platforms that you use and you don't even think about it. So yeah. just because it's new, doesn't mean it's wrong. And sure. in the future, I I'm positive. It will continue to get better. Yeah, I think so. I think this, you guys yeah. got a great start going on here. Um, earlier, and this just kind of popped into my head earlier, you'd mentioned like, oh, I could just run down and grab a Chromebook and continue editing. Um, I, I suppose, do, does this this platform work real well with like mobile? Like, could I pull this up on my iPad or something and I work okay? I haven't or? tried to access it via an iPad I'll, yet. I'll uh, I probably should, but I have um, like a Windows laptop, I have a Mac laptop and I have my desktop and mm -hmm. it's all browser based. So it all, it works, you know, as long as you have a stable internet connection. Yeah. Okay. I should probably try the iPad thing though. <laughs> Cause I've had other people ask me that too. And I'm like, I don't know. And it's like, you're the, now the, the second or third person asked me, so I should probably try. Oh, <laughs> um, well, oh, I see uh, the, wait, the response, actually, I'm mm -hmm. just a hardware YouTuber. And if I don't want to ever have the chance to test an upcoming process for Intel and answer the question, I keep all of it on a local server. Okay. Um, I'm probably not the first person to tell you this, but you are probably in the 1% of people that are doing this kind of stuff. Uh, maybe super hyper-specific, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's just very specific to you. And I don't think that that 
um, that copies over to other sure. people doing other things. So yeah, I, I, it's a case by with everything with editing, it's a case right. by case situation. <laughs> right. And, uh, I, and it is, I understand from that angle in particular, especially yeah. Intel, very strict about their NDAs and stuff. And so I, yeah. I understand the concern from that, from that. I, angle. Yep. Just, I did some work with Intel at team liquid and their NDA process is extreme. Outrageous. It's, yeah. yeah we're, I get it. Yeah. We get it. I, Even our own review stuff like for Puget is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I get it. Um, you get it. Yeah. You don't want anybody leaking what the next gen anything is going to be and all this stuff. And so, yeah, you have to, it, it impacts their bottom line mm -hmm. on like sales data uh, in the creative world. If, you know, we've had things leak at team liquid where somebody accidentally puts a video in a playlist unlisted, but then it still shows up in the playlist for some reason. And why YouTube hasn't changed that feature. I have no idea why, but like things leak, things happen. It's, you know, it's part of part of the process and learning and growing and you can't fix something unless you failed at it to give you the ammo to fix it. So yeah. it's all, yeah. all in the spirit of good fun. Right. <laughs> uh, I, see, I see Heather in the chat too. She's uh she's oh, one of my editors. Yeah. She's, oh, cool. she's one of, one of my, ex-editors at Team Liquid. Oh. Uh, just an absolutely incredible human being. Very, very creative, multidisciplined in motion design, editing, illustration. She's crazy. She's really oh, good. Let's go. Hi. Right on. Hi, Heather. Thanks I'm, for coming. I'm going to pull back to a question we got earlier uh, from YouTube, but also yeah. to because I'm going to pivot off off of it into another topic as well, or a similar one. Um, Ryan McNay, I hope I said that right. Um, <laughs> What's up, Ryan? He asks, uh, you've obviously been very successful growing a community. What tips do you have for someone looking to grow uh, a social account? Um, in particular, YouTube, I think. Yeah. Um, YouTube specifically is authenticity and consistency. Those are the two things that to me have been the metric of success for my channel. Um, I think when I like wasn't taking YouTube seriously, my dog is going crazy downstairs. I'm sorry. I don't know if you hear that. Um, okay. When I wasn't taking YouTube seriously, I was up uploading every month, you know, like I wasn't really, but then as soon as I started uploading once a week, I really mm -hmm. started to see a shift in my numbers because people expected that kind of content. And then on, on top of that is authenticity, right? Like mm -hmm. not sugarcoating stuff. Um, being very honest with your community about why you like something and why you dislike something, but also being open to being wrong. I feel like that's like a big thing right now with all the weird, like Joe Rogan stuff that's going on on Spotify and like all these people up in arms and stuff. Yeah. I don't know why people stopped being okay with like being wrong. Everyone feels like they need to be right all the time, all of a sudden. Yeah. And it's very strange. And there's been times where I've done a video and then somebody in my comments will be like, Hey, there's actually a better way to do this. And I'll do another video and be like, Hey, somebody told me a better way. Like I'm going to show you guys cause I learned myself and being vulnerable in that way and, and being okay with being wrong. And, and it all boils down to authenticity and mm -hmm. not trying to chase what other people are doing, you know, oh, yeah. cause like I could have, when I started my channel, I looked at the landscape of tutorials. Very rarely people showed their face it was very monotone and like nobody edited their tutorials. Like I, I remember watching one specifically where for 10 minutes, this guy was working on something and he goes, Oh crap. I messed up. Undo, 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 undo. And, like, <laughs> and I was trying to follow along with this video and I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, why wouldn't you edit the tutorial to be right? Like yeah. you're okay with like it being wrong and then going back it made no sense. And so when I looked at the landscape of, of tutorials, I saw my niche, which is like, kind of entertaining. I'm going to show my face. I'm going to make some jokes and I'm going to try to like make complicated things easy enough to understand. And like, that was mm -hmm. what I based my channel on. 
and then coupled with the fact that I wasn't doing it for monetary reasons, I was doing it just because I wanted the information to be out there for people was mm-hmm. kind of my metric of success. It's not going to be the same with everybody, but the two sure. things that I would say are authenticity and consistency. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed too, um, with others who've gotten this question and, and then even beyond, um, you have to love the doing part, the process, uh, yeah. not to steal the podcast title from Mike Pesci, but you have to, it's not just the, as a goal, right? It's not just the end result. You have to love the doing or, or you, you're going to get, it's going to suck. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, because in order to get really good at something, you, you have to have a fundamental understanding of all parts of it. And unless mm-hmm. you do it yourself, you'll never truly understand. Yeah. And that's super important. Like yeah. if you're going to run a restaurant, spend time in the kitchen, spend time behind the line, like spend time in front of us, spend time with the servers, spend time with the hostess. Like you need to understand all aspects of it in order to run a successful business. And so in that sense, it's like, I think back then, like, you know, our parents' generation, probably it's like you clock in, you clock out, you have your job and that's it. And Mm -hmm. now in today's day and age, it's kind of like, you have to have multiple jobs and multiple skill sets and be able to do so many things. It can get a little bit overwhelming, but ultimately I think that's breeding a different community of creatives. That's like really inspiring. Yeah. Cause now all of a sudden you have this person that had to learn how to do this thing that now sparks this idea to combine it with this other thing that they know how to do. And then that's how, you know, you get these like magic things that happen. So I'm all about it. I don't think that it should be a norm for companies to expect their employees to do 200 Mm -hmm. different jobs. Right. But sure. I think it's encouraged for people to learn how to do all the jobs. Uh, It's a double-edged sword in that sense, but yeah, Mm -hmm. um, that's where it's important to have an understanding of, your part of the process, if we're talking about a work work scenario, yeah, because what I do is going to affect the person who's coming next, right? Mm-hmm. And like the way we build PCs at Puget Systems, uh, you know, if 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 I put this thing in in an inappropriate way, then that's going to mess up the person who's got to deal with that later. And then I, yeah. and then either I have to redo it or they do or the, or whatever. And so it is important to understand how the things that you do are going to affect the entire process. Yeah. And by the way, if we could like gas up Puget systems for a minute, <laughs> seriously, seriously, customer service is a huge part of anything. And sure. when you're having it, like as my PC was getting built, you guys were sending me photos of like post-it notes that have been like hand scribbled on. It's like your PC's being cleaned, Ian. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so nice. And like, I had pictures of like who was working on it and people checking in on me. And then when you send me my computer, I get a whole folder full of like benchmark tests of like everything. Well, Fantastic. Literally thank like you. one of the best experiences with something that's like pretty technical for the most part from top to bottom. Like seriously, you guys, you guys do such a good job with that. And I would encourage anybody who's wanting a computer or wanting to build their own. Sure. Don't build it yourself. Just have Puget do it. It was such, it was such a nice experience and it goes back to the whole time versus money equation. Like mm-hmm. have the professionals do it. They, this is their business is to do this really well and you guys yeah. do it really well. So shout it's out it. to you. It's yeah, it's really, um, really great experience. Yeah, that, that's a that's a big thing, right? It's your your job is making videos. Our job is figuring out the best PC to so that you can make your videos. But like oh. other companies claim to do that too, and they don't do it very well. Like, you know, insert faceless corporation who's like, we build gaming PCs. 
no, not really. You know, like you guys, I had multiple interviews with your team to like ask me about my workflow and to talk mm -hmm. about all the things that I was doing in order for you to recommend something that is literally going to work the best for how I work. Mm -hmm. yeah. I've never had that with anything else. Not, not, not to turn into a, a salesy <laughs> thing, but um, when I, so I was, I posted a link to the landing page we have that, that involves your workstation. And I thought, I'm like, this is very strange. Why is this a Xeon W33? Like that, that's weird. Yeah. And forgive me, boss, for not being very educated on our entire product line, but <laughs> I went and looked. Okay. So this is an After Effects machine. I went and looked and I go, well, what, what is this? Seems strange. Um, Cause Xeons are generally not good for video mm -hmm. editing. So I looked and I went digging through our own recommended hardware and figured out why. And it was a combination of things. It was one, I think we were targeting um, the multi frame rendering for After Effects in particular, but also, right. um, it, all the other stuff. All, yeah, tied to that is the requirements for like massive amounts of RAM mm -hmm. and the in and and processing cores, like all this multi-threading that's happening, that's more important than the overall speed. And I was like, aha. Now that made sense. Yeah, and and for what it's worth too, like when I was doing my interviews and going through my workflow, and this is very my workflow, I have and this is not a joke. I have Photoshop, After Effects, Premiere, Ableton Live, Blender, and like a bunch of other like Figma and like all these other things open at the same time. And I'm dragging and dropping assets in between all of them and I'm doing all this stuff and I'm bringing a music track into Ableton. I'm editing it for the thing that I'm working on and bringing it back in. Like I need, I needed that. And they were like, yeah. you need this. And I was like, I do. Okay. Like, I don't know any better, but I just explained my workflow and how I work. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. We got you. Like, that's yeah. So I was I was super happy with that because I don't know what I what I don't know. What's right. Heather asking? Uh, Let's explain your new channel as well. Oh, I mm -hmm. see. Uh, yes, <laughs> you like your tutorials to move fast. I talk very fast, and oh, that is good. one of the most commented things on my YouTube channel. Like, dude, I have to watch you in point five x speed. Slow down. That's what that's for. I'm just excited. Thanks. So, yeah. It's better than welcome to this exciting tutorial. Today, we're, <laughs> I see that too often. I can't, can't with that. I actually was weirdly inspired by Philip DeFranco, the way that he edits oh, his videos. Yes. The next clip is starting like on the very tail end of the last syllable of his previous word. And like, that's how I paced my videos because I actually found it like weirdly okay to do it that way. And that's, I would say in the normal editing world, like that would probably be a no fly zone to do something like that, but it, it is a style. And you were saying earlier about like vlog style versus whatever, like it's, mm -hmm. it's a style of video that just works really well. And I didn't see any, anybody else really doing it that way. So another way for me to just speed myself up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we like speed so, around here. Right. To, yeah. That's the kind <laughs> of, that's kind of what we do uh, to swing back around to, to some of the, the social media stuff. Um, I'm curious of your opinions on, Sort not sort not not so much social media in general, but more mm -hmm. the evolution of video content on social media. It seems uh, like YouTube um, is still very much long form content, but even that has changed. And and now you have things like Reels and Stories and TikTok. TikTok started or Vine even was like six oh, seconds, and, and then now TikTok's like thirty seconds to three minutes. Yeah. Um, Yes, I think Instagram has a max of 10 minutes for a reel, I think. A reel, yeah. Um, and so all the time. How do you how do you feel about that as a content creator um, and yeah, an editor? I have a lot of opinions here. 
but first I'd like to give a moment of silence for Vine. It's Vine was a good one. <laughs> Vine was a good one. Um, this goes back to doing one person doing too many jobs, I think, nowadays, mm-hmm. where editors and not even just in esports are the people that I know. I hear people commenting on my YouTube channel, like friends of mine. I've been working on this video and it's in 16 by nine and it's a four and a half minute piece. And then all of a sudden in the 11th hour, somebody's like, we need nine by 16 vertical. We need a 30 second, we need a square version. We need a, this version and that version. It's like, okay, if you shot something to be 16 by nine and the whole thing is supposed to take place in like a widescreen format, when you chop it down and like fit it into something else, it just like sometimes doesn't work. And people think it's easy to do like, Oh, just, squish it into a vertical frame it's like no it, it doesn't really work like that and like no offense to adobe they tried with auto reframe sequence it just doesn't work well like it really like That's it had right. so much potential it really did and it's like yeah. it starts to get too confusing at some point but anyway the other thing that really bothers me is that like i see a lot of brands make a video on instagram and they don't take time to consider like the UI at the top of Instagram and like the side buttons. And so they have like content that's like running into it and there's like text getting lost in the sides and at the top. And it's, it's kind of a mess. It's, it's a mess. And the reason it's a mess is because it's changing all the time and it's like impossible to keep track of like tomorrow, TikTok could introduce X amount of second videos and they could remove this thing and Instagram could change. And like, they change their name to metaverse for some reason. Like there's just, it's, it's the wild west out there, but uh yeah it's it's tough man it's it's really tough because sometimes you're forced as an editor to take something that's two minutes long and when somebody's like we need a 15 you're like okay you realize that's an entirely different skill set right like if we had gone 10 years in the past you would like hire a trailer editor specifically to like come in and make a short form thing that accomplishes the goals that you want to accomplish but now all of a sudden everyone regardless of your skill level is required to know how to be a trailer editor, a long form editor, a commercial editor, a marketing person, an advertising specialist, a copywriter. Like you kind of have to like know how to do all this stuff, at least to some level Mm -hmm. so that somebody else could come in and be like, you gave me an idea. Here's the real thing. It's not a perfect system. (laughs) It's just, it's just not. Yeah. Do you you feel that um, the overall quality of content is, is changed? Yeah, I think I mentioned it earlier before we started. There's this culture that's kind of been brought to light of like everybody having some sort of ADD where it's Mm -hmm. just like the scrolling mechanic and like the dopamine hit of like seeing likes and liking somebody else's video and just like on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. So content has been getting shorter, certainly, but in that process of becoming shorter, it's getting more watered down. Hmm. Like you need to get a complicated point across within six seconds of an opening shot. And like, it needs to be effective. So to me, a vast majority of the stuff that you see while you're scrolling on these platforms have kind of been watered down a little bit. And there's companies out there that like have really amazing missions as a company and like really incredible values that are completely getting overlooked because their advertising strategy needs to hook people. It's all based on this, like, like customer retention, like it's weird. The mechanic of it is weird. And so I would love to see like more authenticity being brought back into the space. 
but like you probably have a bunch of people at the top of these companies that are telling people that authenticity doesn't sell. And then it's like, well, where do I mm. exist in this landscape? So, yeah, I mean, there's some people that are doing it really well uh, when it comes to content stuff. And there's some people that have tried to pivot and unfortunately just kind of started digging their own grave. But that's the evolution of digital content creation, I suppose. Yeah, I, I know for for my own sake, I've, I've noticed... Um... A pivot, it seems, where uh, at least in, in in influencers, right? Where <laughs> um, it does seem that the more small communities are kind of more important, and I think it lends that that opinion of of authenticity is is becoming more important. Yeah, um, and I, I have mixed feelings there myself because, um, <laughs> and this is a this is kind of a weird thing to say because I am a marketer, but. It, it it seems as though marketers ruin everything eventually, <laughs> yeah. you know, like billboards were a cool thing. And then now they're everywhere and, yep. and commercials and, and, and that sort of thing. And being a social media marketer myself, like, yeah, <laughs> just, but it, it, it can feel that way. We're like, man, this was really cool and, and authentic and joyous and, and touching. And now it, it, it's like soulless and, and it's not. Yeah. I think there's a few people that are doing it really well. Um, God, I forget the guy's name. Simple? Oh, what's that? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, are you familiar with Zach King at all? Magic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Not Matt. No, he no. It's VFX, but it's like, super freaking yes, cool. Super cool. And like recently he's kind of shifted into this, like doing everything practically phase, which I find really interesting. And he's been Ooh. posting behind the scenes videos. Uh, but so people like Zach King, there's a guy um, on TikTok and Instagram. His name is Kevin Perry. I think he does a really good job of it too, okay. where they're doing like the, like, you know what you get when you're, approaching them about something and uh -huh. they've done something so unique and so authentic that it's like you almost don't care that you're being marketed to right like sure zach king has this really amazing collaboration they did with oreos where he like is dunking it in a cup but then he does this weird perspective thing and the oreo ends up being huge and he's like carrying it and then he falls in the milk and it's like this weird practical vfx exploration but it's clearly an ad for oreo but it's so authentic to his style that you almost don't care and i yeah. think that there's at like there's companies and ads that have positioned themselves really really well. I think um, like some of the Old Spice stuff with Terry Crews did a really good job of that, yeah. where it just becomes this like cultural like phenomenon. And it's like you know Snickers did it for a while, where it's like you're not yourself when you're hungry, and they had all these yeah. celebrities that like stuff like that is really great because it's funny, it's self-contained. And at the end of the day, it's like, you feel like you don't care that you're being advertised to. And I almost think that that's just as important as acquiring a customer is like having the person walk away from that being like, they're a good company. You know, I might not buy Oreos today, but like, I respect it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what everybody's wanting, at least. And so when you're an influencer, um, I would urge anybody who's an influencer to not just be searching for paychecks because mm -hmm. the ones that are like are authentic are the ones that end up like really resonating with people. Yeah. I was starting off. There's a guy on TikTok. I forget his name, uh, but he did this video uh, where he, he was like, Hey, we're being sponsored by this underwear company. And he goes to his girlfriend. She's like, I'm not wearing that on camera. And he's like, come on, we're like, they're paying us for this video. And she's like, no, you're on your own. And so then he puts on the women's underwear and he does both parts <laughs> and he's like going back and forth with himself. And it was so good. And it was like, it was funny. Cause like that argument probably actually happened between right. him and his girlfriend. And then he just made it into a piece of content. So 
yeah, stuff like that, uh, it all loops back around to authenticity. And the people that I partner with on my YouTube channel, it's the exact same way. Like I partner with people who I believe in what they're doing Mm -hmm. and who would authentically resonate with the people that are watching my videos, right? Like, which is why I love the partnership with you guys. Cause it's like, there's a whole conversation to be had about time versus money and the customer service thing and having a machine that can keep up with you Mm -hmm. instead of buying a machine that you think is going to keep up with you only to like, hit the ceiling within a month of using it. Like I've pushed this thing hard, very hard. And it's, it's still, it's still kicking ass, man. So yeah, it's authenticity, 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 beat it into people's heads. Yeah. (laughs) Do you feel, do you feel there's a resistance to that? Um, from big companies? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because usually big companies will either have their own internal, like marketing people, or they're partnering with a long standing agency that they've been with for a long time. Right. And so I think they just become numb to this other thing that exists and they're only marketing for themselves. And they're Mm -hmm. not thinking about like the underwear collaboration video, like what that guy would have done with me going to him and being like, Hey, can you do a video for like men's and women's underwear? And like, he comes back with this really hilarious sketch. People don't think about that. And this is not to put a knock on like company initiatives, but because the whole like me too movement and like people are afraid to talk online and like COVID masks, no mask, Republican, Democratic, the, the landscape is very strange right now. And so I think everyone kind of agrees that like the safest option is the best option. Yeah. And usually that just kind of comes with a lot of creative handcuffs that just force you to produce this thing. That's kind of okay. And it's the people that are taking risks and betting on the small guy or like people with a very niche community that I think are seeing some of the best results because it just ends up being so authentic to their space and their fan base Mm -hmm. that it's just a, it's a win for, for those people that want to take that gamble. Yeah. It's interesting because I I think of, um, I think of like, like Wendy's comes up a lot in social media space as very polarizing too, as as a, as a kind of a success story of um, they don't, you know, their, their social media at least doesn't speak with a corporate voice. Like there's somebody, there's somebody behind there or a team of somebody's who, um, who were allowed to take a risk, you know, they, now they have like a roast day. Yeah. You know, and that could have backfired. It could have hurt, hurt the brand really bad. Yeah. Um, And, and could still at some point, you know, the, 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 uh, opinions of the masses is very volatile and yeah. sways back and forth, but like, <laughs> and, and you see these people trying to replicate that sort of a thing, but that feels weird because it's like, but also at the same time, how does that work when it doesn't really seem to match with like Wendy's as a brand? I think that's why it worked. You know, sometimes opposites attract in that sense and yeah. going so left field with something like that actually ended up working out. Because up until that point, fast food companies, all they were doing was like peddling their new menu item. Sure. And like, that's all they needed to do. And all of a sudden, Wendy started coming out and like roasting people individually on the internet. It's just like, it was so out of character that I think that's why it ended up working out. But Hmm. that wouldn't work for everybody. No. Especially now that Wendy's has already done it. Now you get all these people that are like, you're just trying to be like Wendy's and you're not doing a good job. So it's you you have to be a trailblazer and you have to believe in the thing that you're doing come hell or high water, right? And like mm-hmm. that could have easily tanked Wendy's stock and like people stopped going there because they thought it was rude or whatever. But like, you know, 
Twitter is a place where a bunch of people are kind of like roasty anyway. And so it just ended up working out really well. Yeah. I, I, res- I, I respect him for it. I don't eat I Wendy's, but I respect him. <laughs> oh man, no spicy nugs though, man. I can't. Yeah. The oh. ba- I, I had a phase where I was like eating Baconators a lot. Yeah. And not a lot. Like once every couple of weeks, I'd be like, Ooh, a Baconator. But yeah, I haven't had Wendy's in probably like six months, eight months. I don't know. It's been a while. So we're coming up real quick. Well, we're about to pass over our hour here in like five seconds. So I want to throw, yeah. um, I want to throw one, one final question. I'm curious what you are excited about, um, whether it's runway or just in a general sense of, of video editing and content creation, what are you excited about in the next? So like short term, maybe this year, and then also maybe five years. Short term. Oh man, that's a tough question. Well, five years, I'm going to answer first. Sure. Five years, I think if internet speeds keep going up and up and up and like people have access to more stable internet and all these things, machine learning and AI tools get better and better and better. The world of creating content is going to be very different. And I've seen some demos that are kind of like a lie in a sense, right? Like, have you seen those things where you sketch on a piece of paper, like some like literally like child looking landscape. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. Nvidia comes up with this like hyper-realistic landscape. That's like not real. Okay. Mm, that's pretty legit. But yes, that happens, but it doesn't happen instantaneously. And it takes oh, no. an entire warehouse full of GPUs to do that over the course of like hours, right? Like it takes a really long time. So seeing that gap get closed to more like real time stuff. And that's why I think sure. that what runway is doing is really interesting because it doesn't work perfectly yet, but it's, extremely close to real time. Like it works very fast, like scary fast. Yeah. So uh, when that gap gets closed, I think that's going to be really, really interesting. And it's going to allow creators to do that A plus B equals C and like build things that have never been built before and experiment with all these different things and create amazing, wonderful things. And I'm super excited about that short term. I'm going to go, kind of political, but I'm excited for like people to start interacting with other human beings again, Sure, you know, getting together and like actually collaborating and getting in the same room and bouncing ideas off each other. And like, you know, it's just a different energy when you're in the same room as somebody else or with a group of people. So I'm really excited for that to start happening again too. Cause once we bring the human interaction and like society part back, Mm-hmm. That's going to allow the technical side to like really have more leverage because you're going to get all these people that are like, well, what if we could do this thing? And they all get together and then that thing is being built. And then it kind of like the scales need to tip so far back to the right and then like come center again. So center is five years from now. <laughs> We're over here. It needs to go this way. Yeah. So yeah I'm, I'm excited just to see how it all shakes out. I don't know. It's the <laughs> world's too. a crazy place. You know, We're all just stardust after all. Right. Oh, I, I, I say this often enough, but I we're we're living in like the best time ever. Yeah. In my opinion, to be a person is so freaking cool right now. Yeah. It is <laughs> awesome. I know there's like craziness and and negativity and and some bad stuff, but at the same time, like there is a lot of good stuff going on yeah. out there, and there are, and it's amazing. What a yeah. what a time to be alive. The what future a time to is be now. alive. Yes. My advice to everybody out there listening is look for the stuff that's like that. And avoid mm. the stuff that's just all doom and gloom and, you know, CNN stands for crisis news network or whatever, like find the cool stories, you know, yeah. like follow Reddit accounts that are like r slash uplifting, you know, mm. like things that are just like going to make you smile more of that and less yeah. of all the other crazy stuff. Cause we have too much of that already. I always like make positivity louder. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. 
That's a good note to end on. Yeah. So on that bombshell, yeah. to steal from um, Jeremy Clark, uh, we're going to say, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, yeah. So thank thank you, Ian, for joining me uh, again. Thank you for having me again. Yeah. You were on here a few months back. Uh, this was great. This was a really good conversation. I'm glad to have had you. This was very cool. Uh, I hope we get to talk again in, in the future. We'll see how Please. things have changed for you in Runway. Um, and I always like to thank the audience as well for joining us today. Uh, we do this every Wednesday, uh, like 99% of the, of the Wednesdays. I have to skip some. <laughs> <laughs> but uh thank you everybody who, who joins and asks questions and shares and t- tells their friends and all that stuff we do this every wednesday 1 p.m pacific time here on uh youtube and twitch mainly but i think i put it out there to uh twitter and linkedin as well so um and uh, is there anything you'd like to shout out before we go uh everybody out there just keep being awesome keep creating keep you know experimenting with tools i'll plug runway you can sign up right now free trial use all the crazy tools that we're releasing runwayml.com um my youtube channel learn how to edit stuff Follow me on social media if you want to at not Ian Sands. Uh, I mainly post pictures of my kid on Instagram and tweet about gaming stuff. But you know, you, you can get in touch with me. Yeah, awesome. and that's it. All and right. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start growing my beard out for the next episode that we do together. Okay. Like I'll, I'll give you I eight like to ten a, months. Like I'm like a prepubescent boy, and you're like some like mythical wizard over here. It's oh. like such a eight to ten months. <laughs> We'll be back. We'll see how far you've gotten. All right. Uh, Yeah. All right. So that's it. And that's all. We'll see you later next time. Bye. See everybody.